We have Jordan, Mike, Kirsty, Jen, and myself. Welcome to our podcast, Beyond the Sum of All Parts. Welcome, welcome. We are six people from different walks of life coming together to lean in and have uncomfortable conversations with open minds and open hearts. On the way, we will uncover our own perspectives and the perspectives of others as we embrace one common goal, change. We are so glad you have joined us. We are going to be uh, making our podcast twice a month on Wednesdays. And once a month, we will go live, probably not on a Wednesday. So stay tuned and check back to find out what those days and times are. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. So in order for us to have intentions when we're having these conversations, we're going to go around and say our intention words to bring light and intention and our voice to the space right now. So my intention word will be truth. My intention word is harmony. My intention word is release. My intention word is peaceful. My intention word is open. Oh, I love those. So now we're going to take a clearing breath so we can just energize ourselves and align with one another to have a clear, truthful conversation. All right, let's take a deep breath in through our nose and out through our mouths. Now let's get into it. All right, so today's go. topic is the You good? What? What? I thought I heard Mike talking. I said, let's go. Oh, okay. So today's topic <laughs> is the stigma of mental health. Let's lean in. Our first question is, what does mental health mean to you? What messages have you received about it? Jordan, you want to start since you're in the first? Yep. Sure. I'll start. So... <laughs> For me, mental health is really having an awareness of my thoughts and my emotions and my actions and how they impact the world around me. It's being true to myself, realizing and walking in my power, my purpose, my potential, fiercely loving myself, fiercely accepting myself and showing compassion for myself and others. It's living in peace and harmony with the world around me. Um, for me, a lot of the messages that I received about mental health were from my family and my military community, the two places where I've spent most of my time. Um, and some of the things that I learned were really, one, that feminine emotions are bad, weakness in any form. There's no acceptable place for them. And that's things like sensitivity and sadness and nurturing, like all those things are negative. Um, masculine emotions are strength and power. So anger, you know, strength, power, all those things um, were really highlighted in my family and also in my military community. Um, I learned that value was based on what other people thought of you, other people's perceptions of you. Um, I learned that I didn't even really know about the word trauma really until I began digging in and doing the work. But in looking back on it, I learned subconsciously that trauma isn't something that gets addressed. It's something that gets pushed under the rug and we just pretend like it didn't happen and hope that it'll go away. Um, I learned that my mental health needs, our mental health needs is a sign of weakness. Uh, 
needing mental health support is a sign of being undesirable. Um, I learned that if you don't look broken, you're not broken, no matter how broken you may feel. Um, and I learned that if you don't feel your best, just keep pushing because eventually you'll get over it. So those are just some of the things that I learned, um, some of the messages that I received in terms of mental health. For me, mental health means um, where you're at in your mind, um, how your mind is working for you, how your mind is sitting with you, your thoughts, your perceptions, um, your feelings. I know that mental and emotional kind of go hand in hand. So just your thought process, process about things and how you feel when you wake up. What's the first thing you think about? So very mind-driven um, sort of thing. And the messages I've received about mental health, um, I've received most of my messaging from my parents, but also society. I know back in the day, certain cartoons would like kind of poke fun at um, the crazy character, the crazy character needs to be, or even using that term, um, which I don't often, but that's just how it was illustrated mm -hmm. from a young child. They needed to be sent off somewhere or um, it just wasn't, it wasn't something we were willing to work with. Um, in my own family, a lot of the manifestations of unresolved mental trauma were things like drinking and um, mm. anger issues. We only got to see um, the manifestations. No one ever really questioned the roots or why the things they were. And so ultimately, mental health has been sort of suppressed in my own experience and something that we shouldn't be talking about, but we, in my opinion, we should be. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So what does mental health mean to me? Um, basically, a state of mind, headspace, um, my surroundings, my environment, um, everything that has to do with me as an individual, um, everything I involve myself in. Um, so it means uh, protecting my surroundings, basically. That's what mental health means to me. Um, where my messages came from me personal, personal experiences, um, a little black girl, you don't get depressed. You don't, um, talk about mental health. Uh, we have to understand as a, as an individual. Well, let me say me personally, I had to understand that in a black family, mental health is not talked about. And if you have mental health issues, you are looked at as crazy mm -hmm. or um, you're, you need to, as they call it, you need to be put on the third floor. Um, so they didn't address it. Um, like Kirsty said, we did suppress a lot of our mental issues uh, with drinking, uh, physical abuse, mental abuse and emotional abuse. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why I'm bringing awareness to it now. Uh, with just my personal experience, but that's what mental health means to me. My headspace, and I take very, I'm very, very, very protective of my headspace. All right, good job. 
Um, what is mental health to me? What it means as a black man in America, it is being okay to express yourself without fear of judgment and ridicule. Um, growing up, I'm Haitian, so the Caribbean island of basically showing feelings is non-existence. You know, you don't cry, you don't express yourself. You pretty much do as you're told and don't ask anything about it. And being a male, on top of that, it's like you. You stub your toe, you just keep on moving. You don't cry about it. Obviously, you know, that's natural. But uh, for the most part, though, it is very uncomfortable for me. And it is very uncomfortable for a lot of men to express themselves emotionally and talk about mental health issues. Because one form or another, we do have it. To talk about it is to, is to pretty much show weakness and to be, to be completely vulnerable and that creates a, a great deal of um, lack of trust in people in society in itself because you don't want anybody to pretty much take advantage of your, in a sense, to be vulnerable, to show, to talk about mental health, to me, is to basically be vulnerable and to be open to someone to take advantage of you or to attack you. So therefore, it is very uncomfortable for me to... Uh, talk about it and let alone be be in a group discussion for it. Uh, so um, in this group setting, it's going to be interesting to try to divulge and dig into it. But I do, I am, I, can, I should say, I am aware that there is a lot of things that we, we as men need to talk about and be okay with expressing ourselves and, and talking about our trauma um, as children, as grown men, and our fears and our and and our worries, and not keep those things balled up until the point where we're taking it out on people, or we're basically just hurting ourselves and affecting ourselves in a negative uh, in a negative ways, health, physical, and spiritual, in all kinds of ways like that. So that's my thing on mental health. I hear that, Mike. Um, what mental health means to me is um, silencing my emotions so that the world doesn't know who I am. Um, allowing my emotions to be so suppressed that it's never able to come out. And it just stays in my head and my mind and I'm silent. Um being raised in a family where um, my father wasn't present, he went into the military and my mom was a single mom and having to raise us, the first thing she would say is don't express yourself, don't, no tears, don't cry, be a strong black woman to the point where I did not even know how to express my emotions when it was time. So, yeah. Um, probably until I was an adult, <laughs> until I really started to understand um, how to even communicate what I'm feeling at the moment that I feel it, because it's been suppressed for so long that the words just do not appear when it's time to express how you feel. Um, so that even carried on with me in the workforce. Um, being put in some uncomfortable situations and not being able to properly express myself, just taking a 
putting my emotions in the background um and then it does some things to your mental mindset as to something is wrong with you because you can't express yourself like you don't know the exact words you don't know what to say you're in these uncomfortable situations in society where um something is completely wrong with you because you didn't you're not laughing or crying or expressing that you're sad in these particular moments is almost like you're not human. Um, and so that means to me um, that now that I'm an adult, that I wanted to be very open about expressing myself on a daily basis um, because I've grown to learn how to communicate about what I'm feeling at the moment that I feel it. And it took me a very, very long time to come to terms to that. Um, and so I'm just happy to be here to be able to express that with these awesome people that are surrounded around me right now. Thanks, Tashina. Uh, I think what mental health means to me is it's about, um, it's about where I'm at with my emotions, with my thoughts. Um, you know, it shows up in the choices I'm making and like what's motivating me. Like, am I being motivated by a sense of um, curiosity and a possibility and love? Or am I being motivated by a sense of fear and depletion um, and anxiety? Um, and it shows up for me, too, in my body, because when I haven't uh, when I haven't taken care of and tended to my emotions, then it, they do show up literally in my body or I get disconnected from my body. And so it's being aware of where I'm at with my thoughts and my feelings and my body and and, uh, you know, being able to name it um, and be with it. Uh, which is super uncomfortable. And I didn't learn those skills until much later in my life. You know, I'm still learning them. Let me not lie. Um, very much learning them. So it also has to do with um, accepting myself and uh, how much I'm liking my whole self, like the good, the bad, like, am I able to accept myself and um, really value myself? Um, and it also has to do with my ability to, uh, be in connection with others, like my boundaries, um, the space I hold for myself and the way I'm able to connect with others. So I feel like I have something to give. And I think as I've gotten older, it's become a lot about balance. You know, I'm always struggling. I, I think probably not alone in that, just always struggling to find that balance. Um, so I learned like the messages I received about mental health was we didn't really talk about it. Like I was told emotions were okay and you could feel them, but then like not too much, not too loud, you know, and definitely anger was like a scary thing. You weren't supposed to express anger. Like that was a dangerous kind of emotion. And so you just kind of suppress that. Um, and definitely there were people in my family that had some things going on uh, with mental health that were a challenge, but we just didn't really talk about it. It was like a secret. So you got that message that that was something that wasn't okay. And we didn't talk about um, growing up. So I think those were the biggest messages I got, but I'm really trying to, you know, I've done a lot of work around mental health to, to feel the feelings, even when it's awful. Right. Um, but valuing that feeling of the feelings because it's what allows me to be healthy. Um, so it's something I'm I'm passionate about, even when I feel like I'm turned inside out. So 
Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. You know, one of the things that I noticed about everybody's responses, even though we're all so different, we all come from different places, is that everyone pretty much had the same general messages that crazy is bad. Mental health is a secret, something that you don't really discuss openly. And emotions are also something that should be tempered, you know, whether it's turned all the way off or turned down or only display certain emotions. It's interesting how each of us have experienced those same messages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I've definitely been picking up on that too. Uh, it's funny how life from six different individuals is playing out in similar ways or similarly enough mm -hmm. that we need to address certain issues that are happening in all facets of each of our individual lives. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anybody else have any commentary? Uh, yeah, this Please. whole thing is uh, interesting when we talk about like uh, uh, going to Jen's thing about expressing anger. Um, that is definitely one of the things that society does tell you not to express as well. And for obviously for some, for obviously for some people, it is something that they shouldn't express, but they should, but just do it in a healthier way. Whereas mm -hmm. you're not hurting anybody or stuff like that. And so that's where it's crazy that I, I didn't think about it until just now, how we've always been told to basically don't get angry because it's not good to be angry. Angry leads right. to a whole different thing. But it's like, no one, no one ever talks about, okay, you're angry. Talk it out, hash it out. What do you do with it, right? What do you do like deal with it in a healthy way where it doesn't affect anyone in a in a in a in a, in a strong way where like it's okay for you to be angry, talk about it, express your anger in a healthy way, whatever it may be. For some people, they get angry and they bake. Some people go to the gun range. All right, cool. That may be a little bit intense for some, but you know it is what it is. They're not hurting anybody, but expressing your anger should be something that should always be normalized exactly not basically it be not, yeah not something that should basically be put down into a box where it's it's one of those categories where you're like you want to shove that down deep and just like tuck it in we've all been taught that and it's one of those things that are just like kind of scary within the world because it's like like jordan said we all walk around with a full deck but mm -hmm. some of our decks are you know bent soggy wet got some mm -hmm. scratches on them and you know all you're seeing is that the first three four cards on top and everybody's seeing and that's the, and that's how we're supposed to present ourselves to the rest of the world and it's once again it's very, uncomfortable, very uncomfortable yeah very that's uncomfortable how, um, and that's yeah. how society sees us uh just speaking open dialogue here um personal experience um when i'm angry you're gonna feel my pain so if I'm hurting, you're going to hurt. And I had to learn, I had to learn how to reroute my anger. I did because you make me cry. Guess what? You're going to be crying too. Um, and we never look. I just learned how to look when I say I protect my headspace. Provoking. Provoking right. is another, another thing that helps with mental uh, mental because when someone is provoking you and you retaliate out of anger or you wasn't mentally there you have your out-of-body experience let's just say you get 
you do harm to one another, they don't look at, oh, she's in a, uh, her mental state ain't stable. She just hurt right. somebody. You understand right. what I'm saying? So um, that's yeah. what they look at too. As African Americans, when we do stuff, we don't, they don't look at us as, oh, he's, he's crazy or he's not mentally stable. He just did it. When a Caucasian person do it, they, that you know, they ain't in their right mind or they, they having right. trauma because their daddy mm -hmm. left them or they having trauma because they got sexually right. assaulted. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And please don't knock me for saying that, but we as African-Americans, we don't have mental stages to where we can have out-of-body experiences and we can do these things. We have to suck it up and deal with mm. our, our mental state by right. ourselves without being judged, without having our kids taken, without having right. our men taken. So that's something that society puts on us as well. You know, you can't be crazy and have kids. Um, so we, we, we take on a lot and that's why I push for mental health because we don't talk about it, especially in the underprivileged communities in the poverty, the communities that have lack of resources, they don't discuss that. And all you see is what you see is what you get. And I see so much trauma in everything. And it's just something that's close to me you know so that's why and going back off of uh the black community um and the mental struggles they face i i know a lot of of what we see playing out in the world is perception driven and a lot of the things we're being shown aren't necessarily the the goodness of when it does get done right. For mm -hmm. example, my dad, he had dementia and he was going through an episode and he, he, he went to the hospital and he basically told the hospital staff that he had a bomb. You know, I don't know what on earth led to this, but the wow. care that they took with him being a black man, I had never seen it before. Yeah, that could have been a scary like ending. They don't yeah. get shown. And, you know, like, he could have, they could have just, you know, decided, hey, he's too much and done away. But they took time to really Care. assess that mm -hmm. he was dealing with something mentally. And he yeah. went to get committed and he got further care from that experience. Yeah. So I want us all to, you know, like, just share the stories, not only of the trauma that everybody deals with, but specifically right. the black community, it's not always, you know, mm -hmm. like it's yeah. definitely and it yeah. and it's pretty and it's pretty sad sometimes because just because you have a one vulnerable moment, it's your label sometimes for the rest of your life or your career yeah. instead mm -hmm. of it just being this person experienced a lot. And we're all human beings. We all go in through right. some type of experience. And we're all being faced with a lot of responsibilities and trauma and so much that sometimes the body can only take so much. So it has to react right. naturally to whatever, you know, it's just like being in a pressure cooker. Like you put it on too much, 
and it's going to explode. And when we're faced with all these different things, you know, and we don't have a way to express ourselves or outlet in a positive way or a positive environment, or we don't even feel safe to because we fear fear, because as soon as we express ourselves in a vulnerable moment and someone takes advantage of us, then we become, or we feel self, you know, we do things to, our self-esteem is low. We do things to self-harm ourselves. We go into this dark place and then we're labeled again as being something else. And so it's this cycle of repetitive over and over, you know, discomfort, fear, hurt, pain, you know, all of this stuff is with inside of us as human beings that at some point you have no choice but to react that particular way. Um, and yeah. it's just, it's, I feel that it's very sad that people just won't ever live certain things down because they expressed a moment when it's a natural yeah. thing to have all of these things pile up on you at, at once and you're not being given the opportunity to express yourself, especially when the walls are closing in on you, the bills are due, mm. the kids are screaming, um, it's hungry, you have no way to put food on the table and you're trying and you're getting turned down at every moment's notice. So what do you do but explode? So I feel we gotta do better as a society. And I we need to be having these conversations so people know that it's okay to be expressing these things. It's okay to express yourself. It's okay that you have a moment that doesn't deter or determine who you are for the rest of your entire life. You know? So I'm sorry. No, I was just like kind of riffing off of that. Like, you know, I think we're all here. We didn't, none of us said it because we haven't shared in depth about who we are, why we came to do this thing. But it's about creating this space for the six of us and helping other people to create this space. So it doesn't have to be a secret, right? So you don't have to wait till you're blowing up, right? Which is like, you know, reality out in the world is safer for me to lose myself then it's going to be for one of you. Like, I'll get the benefit of the doubt. I'm less likely to be hurt when I get angry, you know? And so even our experiences of anger have been different, but we're just trying to create that space where regardless of, we come in differently, you know, but that it's okay to talk about that, that humanity of our feelings. I was really thinking about, like, we all talk about anger. We were thinking about, like, anger is this surface emotion, and there's always other stuff behind it. There's always deeper, harder emotions. And anger is just there because it's like, we get too far, we stuff it down, and then that's there. But it's the socially acceptable way to express a feeling. Because it goes back to, like, Jordan, when you shared, it's like, it seems powerful, right? Quote, unquote, power. It's a strong feeling. It's socially acceptable even though it can be dangerous, but then there's all that stuff behind it. And that's the stuff that I feel like the messages are like, don't talk about your, your grief, your trauma, your jealousy, you know, those things that lie behind your anger. And um, we can't even say that word. I mean, I can't tell you like for myself, it's hard to say it out loud. And then I work with kids and especially for the boys, like I'm just bored. I'm just mad. Those are the things that are acceptable to say. Not that I'm sad, not that I'm, you know, mm-hmm. or I feel alone. Um, just create so many more levels of like hard, you know. Uh, and see, yeah, and see us as black women, we can't get mad because we'll be labeled as the angry black one. Oh my gosh, I have a story. So, 
Sorry, you can continue, then I'll tell you my story. Oh no, no, I was just saying that we, we sitting up here talking about we sitting up here talking about anger and mad and whatever, but as black women, we can't we can't show that or we can't give that off once again because society will label us as angry black women. If we're not the crazy baby mama, we're the angry black women. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Jordan, I, if you want to go, I'll go after you go. I was working um, in the mental health field, uh, overworked and underpaid, you know, the, the typical. And uh, one of my coworkers would always come to me every single day for like at least two weeks. Every day he would come to me and ask me the same question. And every day I would answer him. He would be like, how do you get to this place on the computer? Literally the same place every day. How do you access this file? And every day I would show him, this is how you access the file. And every day, this is how you access the file. After about two weeks, I was like, listen. And I, I literally said it just like this. Listen. Every day, you ask me the same question. And every day, you give me, I give you the same answer. So today, I'm going to write down the steps for you to access it on your computer so you don't have to keep coming and asking me the same question every day. And his response was, well, somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. What's wrong with you? Why do you have such an attitude? Um... <laughs> I'm sorry, you just came to my office and interrupted me every day for the last two weeks to ask me the same question that you could use your wonderful brain to figure out on your own. So while I don't have an attitude, I also don't appreciate you interrupting my workflow. Yeah. Why well, you didn't have to be so rude about it. Well, and I was just like, wow, oh, okay. He was like, I, I I'm just going to close my door. <laughs> I strongly believe that person was out of line, but the thing is, though, what I can, I, 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 I agree with you. That was completely out of line. And the thing, the thing I can say to this is that we, as a people, we're, we're, we're so, and so, so I can't say all of us, but some of us are so um, giving and thoughtful, and our actions dictate that. And then some people don't appreciate it. And it, it was like you said it every day for set, for about two weeks. He kept on coming to you. It didn't seem like you had a problem. So the moment you addressed it, that's well, when, when I put up a, a boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's like it's like it's like that thing where I've I've been learning a lot that you got to set. Uh, you want to be nice and cool. You want to help everybody out. But the most important thing we all got to be very good at from jump is setting boundaries because if you give them an inch they're going to take a mile and when they come at you and ask you why why are you acting funny they're right because you had no problem with this for two whole weeks you had no problem with this for five months you had no problem with this for two years you had no problem with this for eight years so the moment it clicks into your mind that oh you got a problem with it now they're going to look at you because that they're going to look at you differently because that was to them. You're not being normal of what you used to be, because if it was a problem, you should have said something before. And we've all as people have fallen in, have fallen into something like that, where it is a trigger for us and the individual itself. And so it's it's a thing where we got to be more self-aware about these things where, like Ebony said, triggers. You don't want to bring negative people in your life. But then at the same point in time, are we. We're, we're, are we basically checking ourselves as we're interacting with certain people? It's it's a lot of work. It's a whole yeah. lot of mental. It's a whole lot of yeah. mental battle yeah. that you got to deal with people to prevent certain reactions like that. Because now it's like, you, you know, certain uh, somebody else could have taken something like that and just ran with it on a completely different tangent in a completely different way, where you took it with ease and somebody would have just been like, "Mother, 
yo, get out my face, bro. I ain't telling you right. again. Stop talking to me. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And then that. And see, that's what more. came to my mind. Like, I, attitude. You you have not seen anything. What are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like it's the craziest thing where I I hear these things, especially like. When it comes to like people at work and relationship issues, and it's like um as I'm seeing this, and that's probably one of the reasons I'm not even in a relationship with anybody because I'm like observing and I'm like no I'm not crossing that line. So yeah. but it's like <laughs> you know because it's like as you as you as, as you're getting into it, it's like people I'm like nah don't don't hit me with the okie doke all of a sudden. It's just like you gotta like people gotta put boundaries up front and then have and have that conversation. And mental health is another thing that nobody talks about in 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 when it comes to like being with somebody. Nobody expresses that because once again, you don't want to appear to be vulnerable. As a man, you don't want to appear to be weak. You don't want to appear that you don't have your shit together. And it makes you feel it the moment you talk about, yeah, you know, I'm saying I'm working in this place, I'm doing this, but I also have uh, mommy daddy issues. I also have issues with um <laughs> intimacy and Oh, being open enough to express that to someone because you're trying to be truthful and honest because everyone yeah. automatically assumes the person you're dating got their shit together. Nobody has their shit together. But that's yeah. the illusion we right. like to... Mm-hmm. That's the illusion. That is true. Wanna, that, that, that is true. That's the illusion. We, we swallow that and we're like, oh, this person is this, that, and the third. No, they're showing you what they they showing you what they need to show you because right. everybody wants to show their real selves. Because, like you said, nobody wants to be judged. Every female right. has a role that they have to portray. Every man has a role that they have to portray. And right. with that, it is very scary because it's like you people get into these relationships to people that you don't even really fully know because. Society in the world has basically molded and trained everybody to be double agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to look at it too, Mike. When you talk about mental health and talking about a relationship, that's uh, issue within itself. Because why would I want to take on somebody else's issues when I have my own? That's, that's how you. That, that, that's how you gotta look at it. And in 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 retrospect of it, I married now y'all no judgment. I married my husband. I married my husband in thirty days. Thirty days. Mm-hmm. However, he took me broken, messed oh. up, three kids, nothing. So yep. he took on that responsibility to deal with my emo, uh, my mental state. The problem is I didn't know how to deal with my own mental state. Right. So that that within itself has a lot and it weighs a lot on an individual. Um, no, it does. It does. Who, who wants to who why? I, j- this is just the question that you put out there. Why would I want you when your mess ain't together and my mess ain't together? So what do what are we going to bring to the table? You understand nah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, no, and so and that's sad that we have to look at it like that. But that's that is true. Yeah. That's how we look at it. If you come to me and say, "Hey, my daddy left me at two, and I'm still struggling with it," I'm gonna run. And that's just uh, and, uh, that's me. You understand what I'm saying? Even yeah. though I, it should be like, okay, sit back, see what's wrong. No, I don't have it because guess what? I got my own daddy issues. So both of us can't have daddy issues. We need to, yeah, you need to go find somebody else because we are always taught as women 
and and this can be a whole nother discussion as black women we carry our black men we i'm gonna leave that one alone we're gonna talk about that one later over the head when it comes into the relationship thing it's that it's the number one thing i always tell people is that um it's an old saying that i see in movies because i'm a big movie buff is that is the juice worth the squeeze is that individual I mean, the no juice one, may like, like knowing the that individual story, never. like 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 you said he knew what you was up front but i ain't gonna lie me me being single and finding that like you said i'm gonna run because our like you said i got my own issues but at the same point in time I got um um the realistic object is is basically finding somebody. We you can't go into any relationship assuming nobody has their own issues. Right now, right. your husband basically took you in knowing with, with all your issues and baggage, and he's playing that strong alpha male role, keeping everything he has going on in his life, his issues secret from you. Not that he doesn't trust you, but that's what he's been programmed to think. And I'm telling you this as a man. So when a time comes yeah. when he feels like he can't put up with your shit anymore. Like Jordan's situation, two weeks she kept on helping the guy out, and then all of a sudden it's like, yo, why you acting for? Why you acting brand new? Now you've been with him for X amount of time. They maybe fifteen years. Fifteen <laughs> years. Now when year twenty hits, he's like, yo, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, you know I mean that's the thing, but that's the conversation that we need to have to per- right. like I, I can't say prevent, right. but to also right. but, certain things like that. But you know but what? As, as an sometimes, yeah. Things don't come up sometimes. But however, in 15 years, as as he was my, I ain't gonna say he's my savior, whatever. Cool, don't say that out loud. Um, in 15 years, (laughs) (laughs) don't say that. Um, in 15 years, we have learned that it's okay. So before, and that's why I he did come off as the strong. He's African, so therefore. He's very proud for it. He does not mm-hmm. talk about anything, just like I don't talk about anything. However, at, at a breaking point, because we did have a breaking point where our issues needed to be discussed. And a lot of that had to do with me as an individual, as who I was. And that's where I learned a lot about myself. That's why I talk about it because if a lot of, let me just say this, what I've seen, because a lot of people are very shocked that I got married in 30 days and I'm still married to the same man. Um, what I see is they don't learn how to express that, that mental health, that issue that they're having because they're still trying to carry this image of what people see them as. Not knowing that they're both struggling inside, they're dying, but mm. they have an image. And mm. when you learn that, me, when I learned how to address my mental issues, and it when I learned how to address, accept, and move forward and know how to handle, a lot of stuff changed in my relationship mm. that helped my husband address, move forward, we grow together. And that's why I talk about mental health and relationships because you have to grow uh, together. I mean, Jen have one-on-ones all the time and like she's new to the military lifestyle. So 
a lot of issues are coming up. So we have to address those as black men and as black women. And we have to learn how to deal with them and not so much as suppress them. Let's get let's get help. Let, let's talk about this and let's get help. Because we look, if you notice, I, I have noticed that a lot of married couples are seeking out counseling because there are issues. And mental, mm-hmm. mental is one of them. Mental is one of them. That's why I say I don't mind. I love going to lay on the couch. I'm not going to tell you no lie. I love it because it helps me. It helps me and it helps me understand what I'm going through. Not so much as dealing with it. It helps me understand why I am feeling this way or why I feel like I need to do this or why I'm reacting to this. So, yeah. Right. It's like a learning, learning experience. Like you two are learning And it's things that that person don't even know about themselves yet mm-hmm. while they're going through those mm-hmm. mental things. So it's hard mm-hmm. for them to articulate what they're going through. And then the other person is going through an experience and it's hard for that person to articulate mm-hmm. what they're going through. So that counselor sometimes can point out some things like, you know, when you said that, that affects this person in this particular way. That's why the reaction was there. That's why the argument was there. That's mm-hmm. why the emotions were so high in this particular situation so i think it's good that you two have this balance i mean i'm been we've been together for 15 years but married for three so i can relate as far as being together that long and we've learned a lot about each other and even in moments when there the words weren't clear we've just learned how to walk away and then come back to get clarity on what we're friendly and what mm-hmm. we are at the moment and there are also times when I don't quite know what I'm feeling still at the moment until after the the response happened or after the reaction happened then we go back and talk about it like okay that's why you was experiencing that because you felt this particular moment that's mm-hmm. why those words came out at that moment because you was feeling this particular way so when the two people are at least trying to be open enough to receive one another as far as their mental illness is concerned, then it makes things more comfortable. Then it makes things more um, people, they both have patience with one another, but there is that thing where sometimes you don't even know how to express what you're feeling, Mm -hmm. even though the thought is there, even though these emotions arise up to your thoughts, you still don't really know exactly what is feeling you don't even realize mm-hmm. that you're sometimes expressing the feeling of someone else mm-hmm. too and so you just have to learn yourself and be patient with yourself and be patient with your partner in that type of environment because you're right we have been put in this whole stigma that we can't express ourselves at certain moments and we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't talk about mental health and we shouldn't go this way or we shouldn't do that and so um, yeah, Ebony, I definitely could relate on all those aspects. And I feel very passionate about that because I overcome a lot of my mental illness from just being with my partner, like being with that person, watching your moves mm-hmm. or watching what you're doing and paying attention to it. And that person loving you so much through all of your turmoil or whatever you're going through. I've learned a lot about myself with being with my partner with being with my wife, it's been a blessing mm-hmm. to me to have someone that's patient. And then I have been patient as well because we understand that we've both been through a lot before we got together. And that's that thing called unconditional love that helps us 
step back and be like, you know, they were just having a moment. And now when we get back to the drawing board, okay, now it's time to discuss. It's time to get the pen and pencil out and do the work and accept each other as we are, but also help each other understand that we're both learning in this experience. We're both mm -hmm. growing in this experience, mm -hmm. but it just affects us differently. Mm -hmm. I think, sorry, go ahead, Jen. No, I just, it made me think of a question and it's kind of a question for you guys to answer. And then also maybe for us to think about is like, so we're talking about being in a relationship with another person. Y'all have been doing it a long time, but like mad respect because I've been married like a year and change and this <laughs> is hard. Um, I love my husband, you know, but it is, it, you hold a mirror up to yourself when you're in a relationship with someone, you let yourself be vulnerable and then you see all your stuff, right? Yeah, and you right. see stuff you didn't know you had and you're like, well, I want to put that mirror away. But I was really thinking about like, what does it take? Like you were talking about Tashina, like the unconditional love, you have trust, you have safety. Like what are the conditions we need to be able to really like put our stuff on the table, be vulnerable? What are the conditions we need if we're with someone, but also for on our own? Like, what do I have to create for myself so that I can like bring all that out and move past like all those shoulds, right? I heard all this, like you guys were talking, all this stuff, we have these beliefs about like, needing to be whole, needing to be okay, needing to be strong, like all the shoulds, right? And so what's, what is what what is needed for us, whether we're in relationship with someone else or just for us to like be able to put all that stuff out there and be okay with it? I don't know. It's a big question. Sorry. That's where my yeah. background is. I, I can, I can, I, I can honestly say that um, everything that you're talking about and the question is to that is pretty much just time though and and a great deal of self-reflect and and i like you like i said before we all we're all portraying roles to be something that we essentially are not because that's what society made us out to be you can't be angry it's okay to look at yourself in the mirror and understand you may have some anger issues but then why is your anger issues is your anger issues um when you when you are angry are you able to express it to the point where it's non-violent or are you angry <laughs> and then you you act out like Ebony? I'm hurt. You gonna hurt? You know what I mean? Those kind of things. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like it, it it's pretty much boiling down to basically a great deal of self reflection, looking at yourself in the mirror, and accepting the ugly truth about yourself, but understanding mm -hmm. that you gotta want to fix that. And it's yeah. Not, I'm a fat person. I hate being fat. And every day it's a struggle to try to lose fucking weight. So every day it's a battle for me. But along with that, it's also a battle with my men. It's also a battle with my um my mental health in regards to that because it's like loving myself and accepting myself yeah. and knowing yeah. I need to change. That's, so that's, that's what like, it, that's, it, play, that's it, it plays a role. It plays a role. I know I'm, you know what I mean? And, and instead of speaking negatively about myself and I have to I have to speak positive with a great deal mm -hmm. of constructive criticism and and take that and then and work on those things little by little. I'm chiseling away small, small, small pieces at a time, but it is it's it's that thing that we have to do as individuals before anybody can actually fix a relationship, you gotta actually fix yourself first. And right. if you're already in a relationship right now, then that's great. That means you're gonna have to that means the person that's with you is gonna benefit a great deal from you as you're dealing with yourself and growing yourself. And as a man, I can honestly say that in a relationship for a female to support a man, they make it like I'm not sure if y'all women ha um have been with your guy. Has he ever came to you and cried about something? Because mm -hmm. we don't do that. We don't do that. Well, it's just fucking hard. Guys, it's scary. It's scary. I have it's I, awful. And this, it's it's awful. I have experienced that with my husband once. 
Um, mm-hmm. He did show him. He, it scared me to the point where I didn't know how to react because I've never seen him in that state. Um, but he did break down to me. Um, and it, it, I still remember it in the back of my head. Um, and it was, I'm very transparent about my life and who I am. Um, we were on the brink of divorce, period. Um, my husband played ball. Um, he wanted to join the military. Um, me being who I was, I didn't understand. Uh, excuse me. I was hood rich. Um, so that kind of hurt him, like really hurt him, like. Mm. really hurt him um because of course by him being um an African you know his family of course his family was one against me already because I wasn't a single woman so it was that was one strike and then these I have three kids he has none two strikes then you know dude we don't need to go down the list but you know it was (laughs) it was one of those like I've been here for you, you know, I've, I've been here for you and you just want to walk away because I want to join the military. Like, I don't think basketball was my life. You know, I did it because it was something that I had to do. I don't think that was my, my way of my, my husband's very religious. You know, he just finished a Ramadan, all of that. And it it broke. And I still remember this in the back of my head as in if it was yesterday. And I was like, Give me a day or so. This is literally give me a day or so. Let me think about it because I don't know what I want to do. That's that was the trouble ebb or ebony or no, they called me ebb. That was the trouble ebb back then. You know, all I saw was money. That's it. And that 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 hurt him to his soul. And I never forget that. Um, if you walk out of me now, I don't know what I'll do. I mean, but. I don't think he's going anywhere. <laughs> so, you know, but like I was saying, it's that it's that kind of stuff right there. Like yeah. in that in, in, in that in that in that kind of moment though, you know what I mean? He showed a moment of vulnerability and like yeah. I'm, I'm telling I'm telling you right now as a man, that shit is hard and it's scary for Definitely us. Hard. And then it's like it's, you got to look you got to look that person in the eye again and then it's like you got to somehow find a way to reestablish your manhood because to show emotion and to cry in front of somebody that's supposed to be your partner that's supposed to be intimate with is is literally a moment of weakness and at that point it's like that word nigga man up. And, yeah. and that, that's, all, I mean, that's all you've ever been told that's all you've yeah. ever been told growing up man up. We don't Man up, mm-hmm. tighten the fuck up, and then so it's like when you get to that point, and you do that, and it's like, it's crucial, man. It's like it's a make or break. It's a make or break of a man right there, because it's 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 really like when I tell you it's scary, it's scary because doing like me doing it myself, like I ain't gonna lie, crying to myself by myself is cool. Doing it in front of people or having it slip out is 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 very hard. I feel disgusted. I feel dirty. It. I mm-hmm. don't feel clean. I, and that's yeah. and that's how, and that, imagine that's how I feel with my personality. Imagine someone else who's stoic, who's quiet, mm-hmm. for that to happen. Mm-hmm. That is just like it, it is, it, and it and it is, and it just proves to how strong and how deep that thing, how deep the world has made us out to be, something that we're not. Mm-hmm. 
and it and it is very hard to express yourself and to like it's okay for a woman to cry on my shoulder it's okay for her to be weak and it's okay for her to have issues and for me to be like all right cool i got it i can work with you i'm gonna help you out on your issues i'm gonna be that savior yeah. meanwhile i got my own shit going on but i can't i can't express that to you and i and i and to be honest with you i haven't met too many women Mm-mm. if not any at all that were that are acceptable of that made me feel comfortable enough to even do that and and along this journey of like you know self-reflection it's like who do you like you're in a relationship with somebody cool you like being around them you like their vibe but then that's just it because at the end of the day i'm not opening up to you i'm not i'm not gonna cry on your shoulder i'm not and if i do i'm walking out the house i'm gonna need a minute to myself or an hour or two and that that it like that's not cool. That's not good for us. But we do that, and it's scary, and it is, and it is like. Oh, but Mike, I'm gonna hard. say this to you too. I um, I'm gonna say this to you too, and I think we should end it on you know after every once everybody say what they you have to say. I the reason why I say this and the reason why I speak it because I've experienced it in my relationship. Um, I have an issue. I didn't even cry at my mother's funeral. But I cried when I um, when I was by myself. I have a cry. I have an issue. Me as a lady, I have an issue with crying in front of people because that makes me look like a punk. But I'm learning how to express that. And as I'm learning in my marriage, even though I've been married for 15 years, when I cry, my husband gives me that affection that I need when I'm crying. So okay. that helps me deal with whatever issue and he lets me explain well what and he he honestly asks the questions that when i don't want him to ask the questions trust me and jen has this conversation off mine he actually asks the questions that i want him to ask don't you know how you want to be that huggy you know you lay in the bed you want to he asks those questions you know hey i know it's nothing that i can do but here let I'm here. And sometimes that's all we need. So I'm, I, and I'm not, and hopefully when you do find that relationship, it will, it will lead up to that. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not, so I'm learning how to cry in front of my significant other. I'm learning how to cry in front of my husband. I'm learning how to show my emotions, not physically, but I'm learning how to show my emotions in front of him so we can deal with it. So I won't have to suppress it and blow something up next week. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm learning how to deal with my um, emotions, my mental, my anger, because I had anger issues since the anger management, um, all of that. So I'm learning that to actually, because you can't, you can't address or fix anything that you don't know. If he don't know that I'm hurting, how are we going to resolve it? If I'm going off on him, not because it's the time of the month or anything like that, he don't know how to address it or he don't know how to come at it. So that's why I'm learning. I should have used that as my word, learning. That's why I'm learning to express my emotions in front of him so he can know and he can know what to expect. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's all I have to say. But my thing is 
my, my thing is this though, it's like I, I hear that, and honestly, he's doing the right thing that he's supposed to. That's what men are taught to do. Now, my question is this as as a man, what is he supposed to do when it comes to his time to cry? And to basically how do you how do you women how do you women handle life for your men when they're when when like obviously I'm not I'm not sure I'm not in your relationship, but how is it how do you guys handle like how do you guys make them feel reassured or even remotely comfortable or confident enough for them to be emotionally vulnerable to you without them feeling less of a man? You Christy, you go. Uh, okay. You, uh, go. you set that tone. You meet them with an open space. Let them know that they're safe. Let them know that you still love them. Let them know that that's human. You sit with them in that space. You provide emotional support. Like, I support you. You're going through this. And then once it's all over, don't chastise them about it. Don't poke fun at mm -hmm. it. Just allow them mm -hmm. to be themselves. It's really, mm -hmm. it's really simple for me, but I'm a very, I'm a nurturer. I'm empathetic. Like that is right. just something I didn't have to learn. I just, that's something I had to learn it. Right. Right. I'm from I the understand. streets. I had to learn it. And exactly. that's no lie. Exactly. So Mike is not funny. It's a lot harder to learn, especially when you don't know, you didn't have that model. Yeah. Because we yeah. come to this world with a, a special set of gifts that are unique to us. Some people have mm -hmm. to learn other things. I have to learn to harden myself because I am a pushover. So it's all about the balance. Mm -hmm. Whatever unique so. gifts you have naturally will play up and show up in your relationship. But that doesn't mean you don't have to work on other aspects of it. But mm -hmm. to answer your question, just be there with them. Share space. Hold yeah. space. But I, as, no, yeah, I think... Also, the, the, the man has to feel like he can. So it doesn't matter if I'm holding the space. Yeah. If you have this perception that I'm not going to receive you, whether I, I am or not, then it doesn't really matter what space I'm holding for you. That's, that's a good This point. is where, like, like has, yeah. Sorry, Jordan, go ahead. No, no go no, ahead. No, I, Jordan, were you done? I'm so sorry. I am done, yep. Okay, sorry. There's like a little, a little delay. Um, no, I feel like in this, I was just thinking that, and then it comes back to this, like I had two thoughts and one was about like awareness, right? And I, I've done a lot of work on myself. I do love to lay on the couch too, Ebony, but I've gotten permission to do that, right? As a woman, as a white person, mm -hmm. like it's all nuance, like we come with our gifts, right? I'm also empathetic. My work has been that I've had to have boundaries and learn not to be codependent and mm -hmm. learn to be a little harder and firmer, right? And we all have our things that we need to balance. And then we all exist in this context where, you know, based on gender, even though it's hard for Ebony to cry, it's harder for Mike because he's gotten a lot more messages. Even though it's hard for all of us to be angry, I am a lot safer being angry and I'm less likely to be labeled because of the whiteness on my skin. So it's so, so complicated. Yeah. Like this, how do we create this between wow. two people, which seems easier, but we're all bringing all that stuff into our relationships. We bring our gender, wow. we bring our culture, we bring our race. And like, so then what I run into, and this is hard, it goes back to like, Mike, what you were talking about is like, I've laid on some couches. I've done some work. Um, sometimes I haven't wanted to. So I have done some work around my awareness because I think it all comes back to like your reflection and your awareness. I've had opportunities. There have been resources in my community. Somewhere along the way, I got the message that it was okay. My husband is a military man from a family that is just, I mean, nice. 
I love his family, but the gender things, they're just not all right. Like there's a lot of, a lot of traditional kind of misogynistic gender yeah. roles. And yeah. so the messages on the messages on the messages are like, even to, to do the self-awareness and reflection work becomes yeah. And so how do you, you can hold the space, but if you don't even know what you're carrying in, Right. Yeah. And, and and to be honest with you, I'm not I'm not lying. Like you, like Jordan and uh, Kirsty, you guys can say like Jordan said, you can you could have the space and you can do all of that. But at the end of the day, he ain't talking. Right. He gonna, he gonna keep yeah. it to himself. He gonna keep a strong front. He may even give you a little bit just to keep you quiet, so it don't make him feel uncomfortable. Right. I'm telling you right yeah. now. I'm telling you right now, not only as a black man, but just a man, just a man general from Jen's perspective, from what she's telling me, he ain't talking. He ain't going to talk. Cause it's and been that's something him. that we need to like shift. Hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's like, like, how, how do we get to that? How do we get to that? I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, from, for most men, and the only thing I could honestly, seriously think about is if they a drinker and like for women, I feel like in this and this is where it's kind of this is where it may be a little bit hard. And I say this because in like we'll 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 be loosey goosey with that. Let's say if I got a female friend, I'm gonna open up more to her. I'm not fucking her. So she gonna get that vulnerable side to me. I may cry with her because she like one of the she's like in my mind, she's like She's like one of the niggas to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? You want like you the you a you a nigga, but you're not a nigga. I can't cry with my homies, but I can cry with my home girl. You feel me? But I ain't dating you like that. I'm not smashing. I see. It. Okay. I see. You know what I'm saying? I can see I can see. I can see that, but it once again, it is for me, for me, for me, it can go both ways. It can, it can, and see, I don't have, we don't have, no, but see, but it can see, go but, both ways. But, no, but for you, Ebony, it's like you, you, you brought up that street thing, but it's like at the end of the day, men are programmed to basically be receptive to a female's emotional needs. Women are not programmed to, like, Kirsty says she's the, uh, she's, she's a caretaker, but even though you're a caretaker, it still makes a man look like he's no longer a man because society says you are supposed to be strong. You are supposed to be tough. You are supposed to have no emotions. And if you're a man in the military, forget about it. Okay? No. No, no, no. It's like, no. Because it's like, like you could say he going to talk, but he ain't going to talk. He going to talk just enough just to get by. He's not really going to talk. And the only thing I can honestly say that probably help work out to a certain degree is to find out what they like best to do. Be involved in that. Study, study that. Know what the, know what your man likes to do for fun on his leisure time. Whether it's playing games, because apparently a man can't play video games. Otherwise, women will label him as a child. If he likes anime, he's a kid. If he likes doing anything, because <laughs> at no, the end of the day, right? no, that is saying, not no. true. That is a generalization. No, 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 listen, listen, yes. listen, That's listen. the opinion. I, my husband. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, in all reality, men like to basically go back to the whole childness, the childlike mentality, uh, the childlike behavior, activities, and things that they used to do, whether it's playing basketball or anything like that. But finding something that they genuinely like, even, okay, so if it's playing basketball, you're not an athletic person, then find out what they like to do as a kid, whether it was playing a video game or something, something that's nostalgic enough that you can actually partake in. And then within time, do that with do that with them, and within time, that allow them to have a space 
or a sense of comfortability to at least open up to that degree. At least do After that. After 15 much. years, you need to be opened up. No, I'm just joking. No. <laughs> okay, y'all. So, final words as we're going around some things to think about, some things to consider, some things that we want people to remember as we shift gears. Okay. All right, I got one. Well, I got a whole bunch, but I'm going to do them in one sentence. Okay. It's going to be a run-on sentence. <laughs> I'm going to do it in one run-on sentence, though. I've been thinking a lot about, like, the masks we wear yeah. and, um, and yes. the shoulds and how, how. How do we put them down? How do we either learn to put them down or create space for other people? And then, um, oh, my gosh. Oh, and then the other thing I've been thinking a lot about during this conversation is, like, self-kindness and self-compassion. Like, yes. I can do for someone else, but how, you know, how do I do that for myself? Because that directly relates to my ability to be open and vulnerable and mentally healthy. And I just also just want to express the most amount of gratitude for this conversation to y'all and like for everything you share. It has just been powerful. I got to think about it for a while. That was my one. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. I would go with, um, it's okay to play with not a full deck. And it's okay to show your card to people. They either gonna accept you or not accept you. And those okay. that accept you, you value them and you cherish them because they know the real you and they're willing to accept the real you and be with you. Those that are not meant to, those that are meant to be in your life are gonna be in your life by you basically showing them your whole deck of cards. You're good, you're bad, you're ugly. And if they're not meant to be there for you, if they can't handle it, they're not the ones for you. And if you're in your life, lose you lose anything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In this yep. journey of life, you need you need people, you, you need a squad that's gonna be strong and firm with you. And the only You'll way they can be with you, yeah, the only way they can be strong and firm with you is if you're completely openly honest with them about yes. your, your flaws, your mental health issues, your health issues, all your yeah. not just your good times, but your bad times, your ugly times. They need to know that. And if they can't handle it, like Ebony said, her man took her in on all of her issues and he's and he's a writer. Not a lot of people would do that. And hey, you know what I'm saying? But then at the same point in time, mm -hmm. you got it, that's not only just with that, but that's also like what you said with you and Jen, friendship. That also plays a mm -hmm. role. And if they can't handle it, then they're not the ones for hey. you. If they're not gonna accept you and wanna build with you and while they building themselves and wanna see you grow, while you see them grow, then they ain't the ones for you. Right. Definitely. Thank you, Mike. Who's next? I'm going to chime in, you know, something that you you all kind of touched on in this conversation. Jen said it specifically that relationships are mirrors. We get into relationships with people and we're so focused on what they're doing and they and them, them, them and all their faults. But the reality is that's a reflection of us. All the things that we dislike in other people is something deep rooted inside of us that we need to work on and we need to process. So instead of focusing our attention on targeting people outside of us, people that we can't control, things that are beyond our control, focus that energy on growing and understanding ourselves. And in time, our relationships will begin to shift and change as we shift and change. So mm -hmm. that's my two cents. Right. And then my last thoughts. My last thoughts. <laughs> Eddie's got some last thoughts too apparently funny. I'm so proud of her my last thoughts are to just just accept every little facet of life that is around you running through you because it all makes up for a bigger picture and 
one without the other part, it's it's not a complete picture. So just acceptance of what is going on within you and around you and using it to turn it inward and be more self-aware about how you're moving through the world and interacting with the people around you. Thank you, Christy. Mm -hmm. You're muted. You're muted. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, it's okay to be you. It's okay to have those thoughts. It's okay to be uncertain. It's okay to be unsure. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to yeah. be emotional. It's okay to be vulnerable. It is okay. You are a human being going through a human yeah. being experience. It's okay to be comfortable in your own skin. It's okay to be loved. It's okay to love yourself. It's okay to love others. It's okay just to be. It is simply okay. That's my message. Oh, my yeah. heart. No good or bad emotions. Yes. It feels so All good. That. You should have went last. Uh, you should have went last. Uh, I should have went next. Yes, yes. Oh, that was beautiful. Um, Mic drop. Yes. Mic drop. Yes. <laughs> I just, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to ask the question, how do we uncover the unknown? Um, far as what, what are we, what, how do we help or how do we uncover the unknown? After what Tanisha, uh, Tashina, Tashina. It's okay. Tashina. <laughs> Tashina. It is okay. It's okay to be Jordan. It's okay to be Jen. It's okay to be Mike. It's okay to be Kirsten. It's okay to be me. It's okay to be who we are. Um, but that question does linger with me. How do we uncover the unknown? How do we address these issues going forward within ourselves, within our community, within not just black people, white people, not with just females, with men? So um, I think that should be our next discussion. Um, thank y'all for chiming in on our wonderful first episode of Beyond the Sons of Our Parts. Hope to see you soon. Thank you for joining. Bye. 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 Later.